It is officially the very first Football Friday of 2022. I am ecstatic to be here. My name is Braden Gall filling in for Canty and Carlin. His name is Nick Friedle alongside as well. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Of course, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. And uh, Nick, our next guest has been like in the basement in the fetal position for like the last six months, like rocking back and forth, (laughs) waiting for this weekend to be here. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst. Joe, welcome back to the light of day. How are you, sir? Braden Gall and Nick Friedel. I don't know who at ESPN Radio made such a colossal mistake to put you two fools not only on the air, but together on the air. I don't know. Pink slips could be coming, but... To your point, Braden, you're exactly right. Out of the fetal position, action of plenty right. this weekend. Very, very excited. <laughs> all right, then let's just let's cut right to the chase to, for all the degenerates out there, of which I will include myself. I'll where, go in there with you. Where, where are we playing? Where are we playing this weekend, folks, in college football in Week Zero, Joe? Where are you playing? First things first with this, and this is more a reminder for me than it is for everyone else, because the more I say this out loud, I'm hoping it sticks, but don't overdo it with your bankroll in week zero just because there's action on the table. This isn't like an advertisement for responsible gaming. Just be smart. The last thing you want to do is dig a hole before week one rolls around of college football, and then you're trying to get out of that before the NFL even starts. So take it easy this weekend. Be smart. Pick your spots, of which here are the ones I'm attacking. First game out of the gate, North Northwestern and Nebraska. It's going to be over in Belfast, Ireland. Great place to grab a pint from what I understand. Two bets I like in this one. I am going to play Nebraska's team total over 30 and a half points. That means I need Nebraska by themselves to score 31 or more. I'll also play the over in this game, which is currently sitting right around 50 and a half or 51. I like the Nebraska offense. I'm going to be betting on them. 26 points per game last year, top 40 in pace. But the important note is that Mark Whipple's coming in as the new offensive coordinator. He was at Pitt last year. That was a top 12 scoring offense. He had Kenny Pickett as a, as a Heisman finalist. He has him as a first-round quarterback to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did great things. Now he comes to Lincoln. He gets Casey Thompson to transfer over at quarterback from Texas. I think these guys are going to play fast, and I think they're going to put up a lot of points against a Northwestern team. Doesn't have a good defense. Only five starters back from last year and they weren't very good to begin with scott frost in year five running up the score wouldn't be a surprise to make a statement nebraska over 30 and a half total points and the team or the total of the game going over 50 and a half to 51 go all the way to the nightcap hawaii and vanderbilt this thing's gotten all the way up to vandy minus nine timmy chang making his coaching debut for a hawaii team that's in a total rebuild I don't know if I can lay that many points with Vanderbilt. I liked it at six and a half. I liked it when it got north of seven, but now we're talking about nine. I do see an angle on the first half under 27 and a half points. I think Timmy Chang's going to come out trying to throw the ball all over the place. I think they may struggle early as Vandy's going to have an advantage in the trenches on both sides of the line. They're going to want to run the ball a little bit, establish some tempo in the game, try to grab control. I think it's lower scoring in the first half, so under 27.5 total points there. I would look towards Charlotte catching 7.5 in their matchup as well. So those are three I have isolated at the moment, Um, but there probably will be more action to follow by the time we get there. All right, Mr. Fortenbaugh, now that we've got week zero covered, let's look ahead one more week to week one. And we'll start with the Dan Lanning homecoming game, wherein Oregon goes to Athens. 
Oregon is getting 17 and a half right now. Does anything else from that game catch your eye? This is a tough one because Oregon's supposed to be good. Operative word, supposed to be. But Mario Cristobal's gone. He's now in Miami. Dan Lanning, this is his first game as a head coach. He was at Georgia last year. He's a defensive coordinator. He knows them well. And if anybody should know how to design a way to slow down Stetson Bennett, who, as great of a story as he was last year, and as many big plays as he made down the stretch against Bam in the national championship game, you know, there are some flaws there. He's not C.J. Stroud. He's not Bryce Young. I don't think anyone's projecting him as a first-round quarterback next year. So Lanning's going to have an idea of how to game plan him. But this game is in Georgia's backyard. Georgia loses a ton of guys. They're going to come out. They're still going to reload. I I would lean to getting all the points, but then that means I'm backing Bo Nix on the road. And when Bo Nix and Braden knows this, we talked about it every Saturday last year. Bo Nix on the road, very different than Bo Nix at home. So very tentative, taking more than 17 with Oregon. I might look to Oregon in the first half. Maybe it takes Georgia a little bit to get going there, but I am scared about what could happen late in that game if I've got Oregon and Georgia starts, just starts putting it on them. Joe Fortenbaugh, of course, here on Canty and Carl, an ESPN Sports betting analyst. And I find Georgia to be fascinating right now, Joe, because I feel like they're actually underrated. I know they're number three in the nation, and everyone's picking them to win the East and go 12-0. and But, like, no one's talking about them, and you know that Kirby Smart loves that. He wants to serve that up to his team on a silver platter, that platter of disrespect that, he, that he's serving to his team. I, I'm curious about your strategy around Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, because the national champion is going to come from those three. So if you're looking at futures – or you're looking at win totals, you're getting terrible odds on teams like Bama and Georgia, 10.5 wins, let's say. But like, it's almost guaranteed that those are going to hit, and your champion is going to come from probably one of those three. Who do you like in terms of value if you're actually going to play some futures money on a national championship? So I'll give you some win totals after this, stuff I really like. But to that question, it's a great question because there are some props out here where you can play Alabama and Georgia versus the field for the national title. You can play Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State versus the field. It's like minus 340, which means you got to risk $340 for every 100 you want to win. I don't think that's a bad bet because when you talk about getting into this, this tournament, this 14 tournament, you got to win two games against teams that are loaded with five-star talent, guys that are going to the NFL, huge Warriors in the trenches. Like, look at Michigan. As soon as they stacked up against Georgia last year, they got rolled. Washington, Oklahoma, all these teams that find their way in and then just get crushed when they run up against one of these teams, let alone two of them. So I don't see any reason to bet outside those three. I would say this. I'm a huge fan of Ohio State this year. More on that in a minute when we talk about week one. And I never doubt Alabama. Wouldn't surprise me if Georgia missed the playoff. I know some people think that's crazy, but just hear me out. While the schedule is easy, I don't know how many people are willing to say that Georgia is going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. That is the ultimate revenge spot for the Tide. So if you figure that Alabama wins that game, Georgia can't lose another game all year or that's two losses and they're out. And if you slip up one time, coming off a national championship game, a win with a target on your back for everybody, and all those star players you lost, one bad game could be the difference. The schedule's light, but if they slip up once and then lose to Bama, that's it. They're not in the playoffs. So keep that in mind when you're handicapping the Bulldogs this year. Joe, we only got about a minute or so left. You mentioned Ohio State. Marcus Freeman was in here a couple weeks ago in the seaport in New York City, and he was pumped up to face his old team in Columbus. Where do you stand right now, not only on the Buckeyes, but in week one, Notre Dame-Ohio State? 
Lay it. I, I think the Buckeyes minus $2 to win the Big Ten. I, I'd make that bet. That should be a lot bigger. Uh, to make the playoff, I'd make that bet. And I love laying the points. It opened 14. Now it's up to like 16. I think they crush Notre Dame in this game. Notre Dame's had a lot of injuries throughout the preseason, but more importantly, Ohio State had a terrible defense last year. That was the problem. So they went out and they hired Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. That was a top 10 scoring defense last year. You solved that problem and this game's at the horseshoe. I think Notre Dame's in big trouble. I play Ohio State's team total over, which is somewhere around 34, 35 points. I'd also play the Buckeyes big in this game. If you want some win, win totals for the season, USC under nine and a half. I don't know how Lincoln Riley's going to take them from a four-win team to a 10-win team in one year. Good coach, but I'd bet under on that hype. Number two, Mississippi State over six and a half. 17 starters back from a team that won seven games last year, and three of their losses were by three or fewer points. Like what Mike Leach is doing there. Number three, Nebraska Nebraska over seven and a half wins. They'll be favored in six of their first seven games. Then they go on the bye. Then they host Minnesota and Illinois, both winnable games. If they have seven by the last game of the season, which they should have if they haven't already won this thing, they're going to play Iowa. You can always hedge out of your bet if you panic. So those would be three win totals I'd play. SC under nine and a half, Mississippi State over six and a half, and then Nebraska over seven and a half. Uh, Nick, I always love it when I have a I have money on a team, and then Joe Fortenbaugh comes on ESPN Radio and s- says exactly what I've got money on. I feel so much better, yes. Joe, about Mississippi what is State. It? The Bull Puppies, baby. Yeah. Hale, Hale State, Mississippi State, and Mike Leach yeah. over six and a half. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst. Give me 30 seconds here because we know the top three. I agree with you. That's the champion. But is, is there a way to bet on the fourth team to make the playoff? Who, who is the best value play in that spot right now? There is. A lot of people like Utah. Uh, Some people have tried to make the case for Miami or NC State. Whoever comes out of the ACC should have a good shot. I'm not going to overlook Clemson. I I know that's that's weak to say, but it's plus 150 to make the playoff. Hardest road game is Notre Dame, but they get a bye before it. You know the defense is going to be nasty. Last year, everyone's down on them because of what they did. They still won 10 games. So I'm not necessarily going to sleep on them. I think they slide in, and at plus 150, I'll take that. And and just, just know something, gentlemen. Being here in Vegas, it's a pleasure to be on with you, but when you call me to do this like two hours before Daily Wager, ESPN 2, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, boom, that's how you plug, uh, you're taking away from my dice rolling time. I like to do a little pre-dice rolling before showtime to get my mind right. So in the future, I'm going to okay. have to request all of these radio interviews take place later in the day. God, I'm so sorry, Joe. Golly, sorry to inconvenience you. How about this? Less dice rolling, more face shaving. Okay, Joe? We appreciate no. it. No, 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 no. <laughs> You, you wish you could grow this mustache. You wish. Now, I know Fredell could. If he grew a mustache to this extent, it would probably consume his whole head. That guy's got the <laughs> thickest hair I've ever seen in my life. Teen Wolf. Uh, yeah, Joe. exactly, right? <laughs> thank, thank you, Joe. Thank you, buddy. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Have a great weekend. Best of luck to everyone. I'll catch up with you guys next week. Oh, man. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN <laughs> sports betting analyst. Look, if you want to grow a mustache, just Peter Burns, okay? Peter Burns has got the stash going. Nick, you got a nice one, too. I'm not sure what rodent jumped onto Joe's face on SportsCenter earlier today. He needs to take, <laughs> needs to take care of that thing. Uh, my, listen, I, we, I'll, I'll take his bets, though. I'll take his bets. Yeah, that's he, right. You got he, to. No question about that. No question about that. Nick Fredell, Braden Gall, in for the guys, Canty and Carlin, of course, that weekend preview brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways that you could save. How do the L.A. Chargers fit into a competitive AFC West? We'll examine that and more when we look ahead to tonight's preseason games. This is Canty and Carlin, Braden Gall, Nick Ferdell, in for the guys on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Braden Gall, Nick Friedle in for the guys. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. A couple of preseason games on tonight, Nick. You've got the Chargers and the Saints. You've got the Patriots and the Raiders. Of course, two teams in the AFC West. Before we get to some storylines for those teams that we're both keeping an eye on here, you, you, who's the favorite for you right now in the AFC West? And can this division get four teams into the playoffs? Give me the Chiefs all day, every day. For one reason, Mr. Gall, Patty Mahomes. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. I know Tyreek Hill isn't there anymore. I know there are questions about that offense. I know that people are at least a little uneasy as to whether or not the Chiefs can maintain the level they've been on. I am not betting against Patrick Mahomes in any form or fashion. I'm with you, actually. I like the Chiefs to win the West as well. I think they're... They're, they're on a war path, the sort of revenge tour, if you will, yep. uh, in the NFL this year. But, but that means where do the Chargers fit into this? Because they are extraordinarily talented. They've got the quarterback on the young rookie deal. They've got the big, big-time big free agents and signings all across the defense. Where do the Chargers fit into this picture in terms of the AFC West hierarchy? I like Herbert, and I know the pieces are in place. But I just don't know if they're ready for this moment right now. When you watch the Chargers, you see a team that has a lot of talent, but do they know what it takes to win? And for any young team, that's the hurdle that they've got to cross. I just don't know. With all the talent that's still there in Kansas City, with the push you know the Raiders are going to make, and you'd figure they would come into with Josh McDaniels now running things in Vegas. I think there's too much up top to think that the Chargers can break all the way through this season. The Chargers, I'm with you on that, but they make the playoffs, they make a run, and they learn how to win because they don't make it all the way to the Super Bowl. That's how I'm with you on on that Chargers team. Again, Herbert has not played a single playoff game yet. He's he's been ordained by all of us as one of the great young players in this league, rightly so, but he has not played a single down of playoff football yet. Uh, On the other side of the field tonight against the Chargers, the Saints – is Jameis Winston good enough to lead the Saints without Sean Payton to a playoff spot? You're talking to a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. <laughs> a long time. So, 
You can be objective. You I, can be I can try, but I watch Jameis throw, throw so many picks that as soon as you mention his name, I start to go, oh, man. <laughs> I know he had his good moments and has his good moments in New Orleans prior to that injury, but Braden, having watched him for so many years, especially without Sean Payton, I just don't know if he'll be able to make it click the way he needs to. It's a big, big year for Jameis if he wants to try and shed that narrative that he got in Tampa with being able to make plenty of plays, but being able to to make everything <laughs> blow up in front of him with the wrong pick. This is the year to do it, and he's going to get his chance within this offense. Sometimes it blew up behind him. He was facing the wrong way, and he just throw it over his shoulder sometimes. That, that's what happened with Jameis. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I, I don't want to upset you this early in the show with like two and a half hours more to go, but... I just watched the Bucks practice. I'm very concerned about the health oh, no. for Tom. That offensive line is in big trouble, and I don't know about – I think Tom's fine, but the receiving core is aging, banged up, the offensive line. I think there's a lot of winnable games for the Saints in that division, a lot of winnable games. If Michael Thomas is fully healthy, that receiving core is very talented, Alvin Kamara back, like that whole group could be very good. It's the Sean Payton effect. How much does it cost them? I think they make the playoffs. I don't think they're that big of a threat when they get to the playoffs. Patriots and Raiders tonight, eight fifteen. My question for for you is about Mac Jones. I think he is stable and solid, but is he capable of elevating an entire offense around him? We don't know who's even calling the plays yet for the Patriots. Do we know? Like, do we trust Mac Jones in his second year to be able to make others around them better by playing the quarterback position at a high level? Braden, we can't right now, but we might be able to by the end of the season. You talk to a lot of the people that have watched him develop in the last year plus. I know Mike Reese, our colleague here at ESPN, he puts out notes all the time, and it just feels like Mac Jones has picked up not only what Bill Belichick has been selling from a system standpoint, but he's improved in his own way. And there's always that feeling in the second year, as we've been talking about with a whole bunch of different prospects in that second year. We mentioned Trevor Lawrence earlier Mac Jones appears ready to make that jump. And when you go through all the different things that he went through in his rookie season and the game starts to slow down, and that's what you always hear from quarterbacks and from uh, players that have gone from the college level to the pro level. Everything slows. Trey Lance is another example. How many things will slow for him in his second year? But Mac Jones has control of that offense. They believe in him there. And I think he can elevate the rest of the group the way all the great quarterbacks in the league can. There's a lot of former first-round picks uh, on that offense for the Patriots. Oh, yeah. For other teams, and we'll see if they can elevate this year. Of course, the Raiders uh, also in that game this evening and all about the offensive line for the the Las Vegas Raiders. If the offensive line is good, that team can make a playoff. Frankly, that Patriots-Raiders game... It could be the two teams fighting for the last wild card spot in the AFC this year. It's going to be so much fun in the AFC. There's no question about that. Uh, tune in to an NL battle tomorrow night as the Cards host the Braves, presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. He is Nick Ferdell. I am Braden Gall. Will we see a drop-off from Aaron Rodgers this season without Devontae Adams? We'll tell you next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Katie and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, cha- XM Channel 80. Nick Friedle, Braden Gall, easy for me to say. Jason Wildey joins the show with us right now to talk a little Green Bay Packers, of course, host of Wildey and Tausch on 100.5 ESPN Madison up there in Wisconsin. Uh, Jason, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. So just just a, a, a very lighthearted question. How, how much can one complain about you know, uh, you know, synergy with wide receivers and running crisp routes if you're not going to play with them in any games? <laughs> Uh, or if you're not going to take part in any of the off season except for two mini camp practices, those are the hmm. two questions that I think people are asking now. You know, in, in fairness to Rogers, you know, uh, as a reporter and as a writer, I've always wanted people to be honest about how they feel, and he was honest after that first of their two joint practices with the Saints. He was he was ticked off. And he let it be known. And since then, he's kind of, I would say, he's maybe even overcorrected a little bit with being much more positive. But he was frustrated. Now, had he not said the things he did about their performance in that practice, then I don't think people like one of the reporters who asked him about not taking part in the offseason program, I don't think people would have ever even brought it up. But it was because he chose to, you know, kind of get after a couple guys publicly, even if not by name, uh, that that became a story. Look, this all boils down largely to two guys because Christian Watson had not been practicing at that point. He obviously did not play in the game last night still, so their second-round pick, 34th overall, a guy that they were ready to pick at the bottom of the first round if the, if the Vikings would have traded with them. We don't know what exactly he's going to contribute, but Romeo Dobbs, their fourth-round pick from Nevada, and Amari Rodgers, their third-round pick a year ago, were really the two guys Aaron Rodgers was talking about when he 
said what he did a couple weeks ago. And I would say that both those guys have shown that they need to play this season. I think Romeo Dobbs is probably their most talented in terms of pure ability right now of the guys they have. And I think Amari Rogers looks like a different player than he did a year ago. So those guys are going to be in the mix and Aaron Rodgers is going to have to figure out a way to make it work. And I think he started by saying some of the uh, more positive things and maybe not being quite so negative as he was a couple weeks ago. Jason, with that in mind, and you live and breathe this on a daily basis for years, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, are we expecting to see a drop-off from him without Devontae Adams in there? Well, I, I definitely expect the drop-off in the offense. But I think him and Brady are both guys that I just – I'm never going to predict drop-offs. Like, eventually they're going to happen, Right. They have to. Father time is undefeated, as the saying goes. But if you predicted them, uh, you know, when Rodgers was struggling in 18, for example, after he uh, suffered the plateau fracture in his, in his fibula and he um, was not very happy playing for Mike McCarthy for yet another year and everything got sideways, you know, I'm not sure how many people would have predicted that Matt LaFleur would be the solution and the guy would win back-to-back MVPs and respond to the pick of Jordan Love the way he did so I'm just not going to bet against him at any point at this point but yeah I mean he, he was talking during the TV broadcast last night about how great Devontae is and and it was just this love fest about how wonderful Devontae is and rightfully so Devontae in my opinion is the best receiver in football you're not better as two people in the organization told me right after the trade we're not going to try and sell anyone on we're better without Devontae Adams because it just ain't true and nobody's dumb enough to believe that. And that includes Aaron Rodgers. But they're going to have to find a way to win differently, and he's going to have to find a way to make it work with guys who aren't on the same plane, both talent-wise and understanding the mental telepathy between him and his receiver that Devontae was on. They're just going to have to figure out another way to do it. Jason Wildy joining us here from Wildy and Tausch on 105 ESPN in Madison. And I find it interesting, like, obviously Aaron Rodgers is arguably the most talented quarterback of this generation, including Tom Brady. Like, just an extraordinary talent. The numbers, efficiency-wise, historically are better than anyone that's ever played the game. He's won, you know, insane amounts of football games and all this stuff. But you just talked about how sort of tricky it is to kind of work with him and be around him. You talked about how much he values Devontae Adams. Meanwhile, you see other quarterbacks take less so that they can keep the team together. Like, how, how much of this Green Bay Packers struggle to get over the hump and back into the Super Bowl is actually, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, par- is part of that. Like, how much is on him versus all the other factors that go into it? Special teams, obviously, against the Niners. Yeah, and, and he didn't play great against the Niners in that game. Um, he certainly had his mistakes in the 2020 NFC championship game against Buck against Brady and the Buccaneers. I mean, you look back on that and the talking point or the the narrative was about, you know, Matt LaFleur kind of wimping out and kicking a field goal late in the game, which, you know, I've always pointed out if Kevin King doesn't get called for a pass interference penalty, that they were basically letting go all game until then his strategy would have worked out. They would have gotten the ball back with a chance to win the game. I don't know if they would have, but at least the strategy would have turned out sound. And I think Seth Walder uh, from ESPN, who does all the, the 
analytics actually had it as a negligible difference between likelihood of winning if they kick the field goal or not. But that was the story instead of, you know, Rogers failures inside the 10 yard line on that series where they settled for the field goal. Look, there's no doubt he deserves some criticism and some blame for their playoff failings at the same time. You know, he's also had some teams that he was certainly good enough and they were certainly good enough and they didn't get it done. I just think that his career, if he doesn't get to another Super Bowl, is always going to be looked as that what if thing. And for me, anyway, having been in Seattle for that 2014 NFC Championship game, that just will always be the what if and the legacy changer for so many different people like. Mike McCarthy is in another Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is in another Super Bowl. Ted Thompson, their GM who drafted Rodgers, uh, is in a different light in terms of the teams that he built. And for them to have that meltdown, I think that still haunts their legacies today. And obviously Rodgers is front and center on that. Jason Wildy, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks. Take care. Be good. Absolutely. Jason Wildy there. Wildy and Tausch, the show there on 105 ESPN in Madison. I do find it, uh, Nick Friedel, Braden Gall here, I find it fascinating, the legacy conversation with Rodgers, because he's clearly, again, one of the greats of all time. Like, full stop. You don't need to clear your throat yep. any, more, any more than that. But he's tough to work with. He's tricky to be around. He's kind of got this interesting personality quirks that, you know, not everybody gets along great with Aaron Rodgers. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But, again, you watch Tom Brady play for a couple million bucks. You look at Derek Carr taking a discount. Like, there's guys that have done things to create more opportunity for their teams to win Super Bowls. And if all Aaron Rodgers cares about is a championship to help his legacy, then it feels like he's done some stuff that maybe hasn't helped that. I I find the legacy conversation with Rodgers to be ultra fascinating. And the key for Rodgers, Braden, is it's not going anywhere. (laughs) Because if he doesn't win another one, everybody who thought whatever they thought beforehand is going to think the exact same thing now. In a lot of ways... What Rodgers has done reminds me a lot, from my NBA standpoint, of Kevin Durant and the conversation that surrounds him. Because whatever you think about KD, unless he wins another title, not one thing is going to change. And I think it's a lot of the same for Aaron Rodgers and what he's done in Green Bay. You just want to get Kevin Durant into every single segment of the show. I, I get paid extra every time yeah, I, I mention KD. Ching, ching, ching. I like that. <laughs> Nick Friedel, Braden Gall here, Canty and Carlin. Week zero in college football starts tomorrow. We'll tell you what we're most excited about for this college football season. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, Carlin, ESPN Radio, Nick Friedle, Braden Gall in for the guys. And Lee Westwood, of course, near the end of his golfing career, has switched teams. He went from the PGA Tour to the Live Golf Tour for a large paycheck and has been very critical of the PGA, the new-look PGA Tour, over the course of the last couple of days, calling them all hypocrites. And Stephen A. Smith agrees with him. The fact that Tiger Woods would get on a podium and call out players that participated in live and get on them because they were exercising their capitalistic right just the same way he does is, is, is excessively egregious. He should be ashamed of himself. And I'm going to take this a step further. Are we ready to acknowledge that Phil Mickelson had a point? Are we ready to acknowledge that the pariah that he was turned into was dead wrong? Here, here's the thing, Nick. I think Stephen A's right about one thing. Phil Mickelson was right. It was blood money. It's always been blood money. It will always be blood money. And the difference between the PGA Tour and the Live Golf Tour is who's pulling the strings. That is all that this has ever been about. It's not about an individual taking 200 or 300 or 600 million dollars. I think you and I would take the money. That's fine. But you got to be honest with yourself when you do that. And with the public, Phil was accidentally honest with himself one time. <laughs> right. And he just said the quiet part out loud. The the, the PGA Tour didn't do 9/11, all right? The P, the people that run the PGA Tour aren't murdering journalists. Like, I'm sorry. That's not what the PGA Tour is doing. I, I don't know. I, I completely disagree. I think Lee Westwood is the hypocrite himself. I, I don't agree with Stephen A. there either. What do you think? Uh, Braden, to me, this would have all been smoother if Phil and all those players that went to live had just said, yeah, it's about the money. Right. Just say it. If you say that, there is more acceptance for um, at least a lot of different people of the honesty part of it. To try and turn it into something that it's not – is what caused him to become that pariah that you're talking about. But uh, this is all about money. It's always been about money. And in that regard, the players in Live, and it's been mentioned several times recently, uh, what they did in taking that money has absolutely helped the PGA players and what they're trying to accomplish now on yeah. the tour. Yeah, there's no question about that. I I do not have any problem with any human being doing what's right for their family's finances. And if somebody says, you're going to pay me $100 million, I would do it. But I would have to be honest with myself and with my fans and with my audience about why that is happening and what is actually happening. And the PJ Tour is going to benefit from all of this, and that's fine. And you can say it was right or wrong or whatever, but at least they've, at least they've been honest about it. And that is important. Kane and Carly on ESPN Radio. Next. Welcome back, everybody. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. My name is Nick Friedel. I'm alongside my friend Braden Gall. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guys, the big thing for me now, as we get into college football season and what's going to happen in Week 0 out in Dublin with Northwestern and Nebraska in what everybody is most looking forward to is the opportunity to get back into these traditions that we've been missing out on for months and months. And, <laughs> and Braden, for me, like every time, and I've got one of my closest friends, Mark Greeley, out there in the world somewhere, he went to Clemson, and he's gotten me into 
going down and touching the rock at Death Valley and everybody going crazy before one of these Tigers games. That's one of the things that I look forward to knowing the season's about to start and people are way into whatever is coming. But I know for a lot of people listening to us and a lot of people who tune, who will tune into these games tomorrow, they'll see everything and they go, oh, yeah, we're back. I'm looking forward to whatever we're going to see uh, from all these different campuses across the country. Nothing screams tradition like Northwestern and Nebraska in a Big Ten <laughs> conference game in Ireland. Nothing screams tradition like well, what is the like tradition that. of college football now it's all about money no 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 i, know. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> I hey, mean you're... let's let's make it clear for what it is this is all about the cash play all over the place you are way too close you're hitting the nail way too close to the head there my friend um no you're listen i'm cool i'm all about all the traditions i would say the thing i'm most looking forward to in all of the season, and I know we've already talked today about Bama, Georgia, and Ohio State being a cut above everybody else. Joe Fortenbaugh, it's the right play. Take those three versus the field. That is exactly the play I would make as well. I'm willing to bet you any amount of money, Nick, that there is no chance the national champion is not one of those three teams. But after those three, if you can separate those three, which is the the casual fan doesn't, but the diehard fan loves all the other things about college football. Yep. The Big Ten championship race, I mean, the, excuse me, the Big 12 championship race is a four- or five-team race. The ACC championship race is Clemson, NC State, Miami, Wake Forest, Pittsburgh. No clue who's going to win the ACC championship. The SEC even is pretty close with Bama and Georgia, but then after that, two through 12 all could make bowl games. It could be the healthiest the middle class has ever been in the SEC, which is terrifying for everyone else in college football to hear. The, the Pac-12 race has three preseason top 15 teams, all of which one of you know, all of which could make the playoff. We have more unknowns and more quality football ahead of us this year than I can remember. I've been covering it for 20 years, and I have not been this excited about a regular season in college football in quite some time. I cannot wait for the amount of drama we're going to have every single Saturday in every single conference, and that has not always been the case in college football. And it's really fascinating to hear that because as a fan, I have never been this – disinterested in the beginning of a season because all the talk about conference realignment and all the different networks and money that's in play, it's taken away from me getting ready for a season and knowing the major teams and the storylines and the players who are out there. And Braden, that's what, that's what worries me because you cover it and you're in it all the time as a fan from a distance I'm looking around going, okay, how's Syracuse going to do? Oh, they're not going to be great? Mm, that's that's too bad. Okay, who am I going to bet on this year? Who do I think is going to make that run? But it, all of that has gotten so clouded by, are these teams going to play each other anymore? How much money is yeah. too much money for all of this? So I'm, I think that's awesome to hear that, to hear that excitement, because frankly, I haven't heard a lot about that from a college football standpoint over the last couple months. The narrative has been the game is changing, the health of the game is not great, it's the haves and the have-nots, and everything is going to be completely different in five or ten more years than it looks like right now. So to get the focus back on the field and to be able to sell the games again, I think that's great for the sport because the sport doesn't seem like it's been in the best place at least over the last uh, few months. Hey. 
Watch out for old Sean Tucker up there in Syracuse and up in New York, right? <laughs> Heisman, baby! Kid's, kid's a player now. That's running, right. Running, running back for the Orange. Now, uh, again, here, here's what I say to everyone that's like losing their minds about the future of the game with NIL and the transfer portal and all these nefarious, weird, bizarro things that we try to explain about college football. Here's the deal. It does not change. All this stuff you just talked about, it's all true. But it does not change if you are a fan of 99% of the teams in college football – it will not change a single thing about your Saturday. You're going to sit with the same people that you've always sat with in the same section, in the same stadium, wearing the same shirt. Well, maybe like washed a few times or a new version of it. I was going to say, same, I've gone from a, a, a large to a double X, but that's yeah. a different story. Team double, <laughs> team, team double X on the show today, baby. I'm, I'm, up, there, I'm up there with you now these days. Okay. Um, but again, like point is you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to park your car in the same spot you've been parking it for 35 years with the same friends, drinking the same beer, cooking the same meat, singing the same fight song, wearing the same shirt, singing, rooting for the same team, your Saturday afternoons are never go- are not going to change. Baylor is going to be very good. That's interesting. NC State is really good. That's interesting. USC, Oregon, Utah, that's interesting. Embrace what's interesting about the sport, and you will have a blast this year. Forget about the national championship. Just, just don't let it bother you. Just focus on your Saturday experience, and I guarantee you, you will have a blast. There you go. That's my rant. Is Trey Lance ready to take the reins in San Francisco? We'll ask Chris Carlin next on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 